Hi, everyone, and welcome back to All Kill, a K-pop podcast where we talk about all things K-pop and all things K-Con. I'm Chris. I'm Megan, and welcome to part two of our K-Con 2K19 recap. So as you guys probably just listened to last week, um, we sort of did a total recap of everything that happened at our experience at KCON 2019. And as we said last week, um, we were going to hold a lot of our critiques to our second episode. So you're about to hear them. We're going to spill all the tea this week. (laughs) But also some good tea. There there were some redeeming qualities of KCON this year, but... Listen, not every tea is black tea. Sometimes tea is green tea. Okay. Well, I'm going to pretend like I know what that means. All right. Green tea is good for you. Black tea is like caffeine and not good for you. Okay. So. That was was a bad joke. Sorry. Moving on. So. (laughs) Let's start. We have this broken down kind of into different parts. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the location. So as we said last episode, uh, KCON New York completely changed its location from the Prudential Center in Newark to the Javits Center and Madison Square Garden in New York City. So obviously with such a big change, a lot of things kind of were up in the air of how they were would work, maybe if they didn't work. So kind of starting off with the location, what worked? Well, number one, it was inside. We were out of the sun, out of the heat. It was great. The fact that you didn't have to worry about passing out from heat exhaustion, which has happened many times at KCON. Oh, yes, because yes. It's, it's in the summer in New Jersey. Or dehydration. Or yeah. So the fact that they moved it into an indoor venue was something we've been asking for for a very, very long time. And we're just really happy that we finally got it. And you know what's great about also being inside? Indoor bathrooms! We talked about indoor bathrooms last week, but we have to talk about indoor bathrooms yeah. again. You don't understand how much you miss indoor bathrooms until you're suffering through porta potties for three days straight it yeah it's great it's just so great being inside and there's water fountains too so just water and just running water it just it's so good also outlets there were outlets outlets. everywhere Yes. Outlets everywhere. So you can charge your stuff all throughout the day. You can bring portable chargers if like you're in a pinch, but like you could just like sit and chill and eat your lunch and like charge your phone right by an outlet. So that was fantastic. Um, Also, once you're in New York City, everything is super easy to get to because if you walk a couple of blocks, there's tons of food options or there's like DoorDash or Postmates or anything that you need is literally right in the city. And there are subway stops really along Javits Center, Madison Square Garden. Everybody knows where they are too. So if you get lost, you can ask for directions. Taxis know how to get their Ubers. Really, once you're in the city, it's super easy, and especially Madison Square Garden because it's right on top of Penn Station. So if you're coming in via train, you're there already. And yeah. Madison Square Garden is also super close to K-Town, which has delicious food. Yes. So, which, if you guys want recommendations later on about where oh, to go in K-Town, we, we have super awesome recommendations that we may or may not share with you because we may not want people swarming our favorite spots. So, if the demand's high enough, we'll give you spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we talked about what worked. What were the great things about the change of location? 
Now, what were the not so great things about the changing of the location? Um, the biggest thing to me in terms of what I personally had to deal with with the change of location is getting from one space to another between when the convention was over to when the concert started Mm -hmm. and what that meant for people who may not have the best mobility. Um, So if you have any sort of mobility issues, you are 100% going to have to take some sort of a taxi to get from point point A to point B point like solid the javits center is about a mile away from madison square garden i think that's what it was a few city blocks like eight blocks Um, like basically a box so that's kind of the biggest thing with the change was there really is no place in new york new jersey that is big enough to host a huge convention but also have a concert area unlike la where they do New York doesn't have that. So unfortunately, with the move indoors, that also means that things had to be separated. So that was one of the main concerns people were bringing up with, you know, I have small children that I'm going to have to move from point A to point B, or I have mobility issues that, you know, it's going to make it difficult. And finding taxis, Ubers, they're expensive. They're not always easy to get. Um, And you also don't have a ton of time between when the convention ends and when the concert actually starts. So a lot of people had to leave early, which isn't, you know, always a good thing. You know, sometimes by a certain time, the convention wraps up. But if you want to stay for the whole thing, you know, you're really rushing to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And the other thing that I know a lot of people talked about was lining up for P1 for the pit um, and lining up for Diamond and Platinum pit. Um, was also an issue because, you know, usually what would happen is people would have their spots in the pits that was literally right in the middle of the convention area. So Mm -hmm. they could just like take turns getting up and walking around the convention and getting food where um, now if you wanted to camp out to get like the front of the line, which I'm going to say this now. I know some people aren't happy about it, but I do not ever recommend camping out for literally anything. Um, I just don't personally. On you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, But if you were to camp out, that means essentially you have to miss the entire convention if you don't have someone who you can trade off shifts with. Mm -hmm. And again, it's you're walking a mile back and forth so it's not an easy walk either so yeah that was some of the main concerns um besides that yeah um more lines more lines literally everywhere Everywhere. um there was we talked about it very briefly there was a line to get into the convention um fortunately and kind of unfortunately for us i had my own personal ada issue um which you have if you've met me and I've explained it to you. You know exactly what it is, but I'm not really going to go into much detail here. Um, that allowed us to get into the convention a lot sooner. Megan was very much my support person while we were at the convention because if I didn't have her, um, to be honest, the second day it kind of sucked um, because I didn't have her. Um, just like helping me throughout my day and helping me get around when I was having particularly hard issues. Um like, the line to get into the convention early in the morning was at least, like, two hours long. It, yeah. It was, you had to go down, like we explained last week, 
level one was the convention. Level two was the main entrance where you kind of got in to the Javits Center. The line, the line kind of wound. It was on level down. three. Yeah, like up. I don't even know how to explain it. There just was, it was massive like, amounts of people. It, like there was like an area where they had a set off line and then the line was so long that it started wrapping around itself and crowding around these escalator Mm -hmm. areas to where it was completely unsafe for people because people wouldn't know where the end of the line was because it wrapped around itself so much yeah that was a main issue we had as soon as we got there we didn't really know where the line ended nor did we know that that was a line to get in um so a lot of people were just kind of standing around not knowing what to do and it wasn't until we asked a few people that we realized that was the line to get in and by then there was already like 10 or 15 people ahead of us in line that had figured it out before us yeah so that kind of ropes into another main critique we had which was a lack of signage anywhere oh my god yeah so Starting off on day zero, when we were getting our engagements, there was only like two small signs that kind of gave you an idea of where you needed to go to get into the Javits Center to get your engagement packs. They didn't do much. No. We had no idea where to go. Because we walked there was the entire length nothing. of the Javits Center. And we were trying to see, do we get in on this area? Do we have to go somewhere else? There was no signs other than like engagement. What I don't even know what it said. It said something KCON. And then there's like an arrow. But other than that, you're like, that doesn't help. Yeah. And then you had to walk down a set of stairs in order to get out down to the area where people were lining up. It was like this uh, where they drop off VIPs kind of thing, like an under under level parking driveway thing. I don't know how like to explain it. It was like a bridge or something. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. And like and that you... was where they had the barricades set up for people to get in. Yeah. If you didn't see that, you'd have no idea where to go. No, there should have been other signs hidden. kind of pointing you down. Yeah, it was completely hidden. You only saw a few people maybe like at the front of the line. And we just kind of guessed. We're like, maybe that's people. And then once we got down there, we saw and we're like, okay. But there was no signs telling you no. where that was. And then going into the convention, there was a lack of signs as well. So again, there was no signage saying that this is where the line to get into the convention starts. Once you got into the convention, it was a little difficult to kind of find your way around because there was no signs really telling you this is where to go for the convention. There were the panels or the engagements. You kind of had to figure that out yourself. And with the panels especially, it was very difficult to know which room was holding which panel because, again, not a lot of signs. No, and they didn't really have... um detailed breakdowns of what was happening where yeah um that's the other thing i wanted to bring up mentioning engagements and mentioning like signage and schedules and all that kind of stuff kcon last year um for whatever reason was withholding a lot of information until literally the last minute um normally what happens um the first year we went you would find out who had high touches and at what time the day you checked in when they gave you the booklet with the detailed um, schedule in it. And then the KCON app was more of like your, if there were any updates about, you know, if someone had to move their times due to scheduling practices or traveling issues. Um, But the schedule was set by the time they gave you that booklet. And that was true up until 2018. And then 2019, it was literally the day of, check-in and they didn't release what time the artists had engagements at yep 
and they didn't also didn't indicate which YouTubers were at which panels in the app either. Like yep. who was hosting what and where they were going to be unless they were a name stay. So like unless you were Hey It's Faye, JRE or React to the K or something like that, they didn't give nameage to whoever was going to be at set pet at set panels, so you kind of just had to like follow those people in order to find out where they were going to be throughout the days. Yep. And kind of also on signage, once you walk into the Javits Center, everything was kind of bare. And we don't mean the people, because there was a ton of people. But it wasn't until you got into the first floor levels when you actually saw that, oh, here's KCON. We really would have liked something a little more on the second level. Maybe some banners or something just to show that, you know, this is KCON. We're excited about it, Javits Center. It kind of was empty in just lack of decorations. And that might be something small, but, you know, that's really opportunity to get people excited. It's a new, new big changes, Javits yeah. Center, woo! But there kind of was nothing. So yeah. just something that more of an improvement rather than a critique. Like, you know, next year, there we'd love to see more signs and everything so yeah um the other thing we really wanted to talk about is the actual areas where the convention was um so we talked briefly about what the sort of setup of the room was because they Mm -hmm. primarily used only one convention space in the javits center they have tons of convention spaces in the javits center i mean they hold they hold comic-con there they hold like the various auto shows it's a huge space that usually holds huge conventions and in comparison to some of those conventions kcon's on the smaller side um and it felt small like yeah it felt once you got into that main convention area it felt both super crowded but also completely empty at the same time yeah and it was very strange um like the areas i would say the third of the floor where like the main kcon stage was the old village and the toyota booth was was packed with people always packed because that's where a majority of the stuff was that people were interested in Mm-hmm. unless there was something happening with the artist elsewhere yeah. and then those areas would be packed so like the area where this uh, the kcon studio was was packed whenever there was an artist there and that's actually one of our critiques <laughs> yeah oh god the, the studio so basically kind of just finishing off of that thought was there's some areas that were absolutely packed could not walk through but then other areas where there would be nothing just completely empty of people and booths. So one of the things we'd like to see is a little more evenness with how the booths are placed and try to put some of the most popular stuff in separate corners or something, just so there's room to move once you need to, but then also where there's no one space where it's just like you and like 30 feet in every area, just so it's a little better... not bottleneck there's more of a flow in the traffic yeah um and then the other thing about the kcon studio in particular um and this brings up a big issue that we personally found as far as safety not necessarily for those attending but the artists attending um Mm -hmm. i've talked very briefly about it in our previous podcast but essentially where the kcon studio was it was just a glass box with some barricades around it with like maybe 
three feet of space from the barricades to where the actual box was. Um, And what would happen when the particularly really popular artists would come out like ATs or G Idol or something like that, um, people would swarm, absolutely swarm these places. And it would just be like a fishbowl in the middle of the convention floor. And I personally heard from someone who was at the KCON studio when ATs was in that there were actually fans who managed to bust some of the glass of the actual studio itself, um, which is a very large safety concern because, you know, it's not safe for fans to be busting glass and potentially having um, injuries, but it's also not safe for the artists to be around this broken glass on the floor and have this open area where people could just shove in and then just like swarm them in the middle of this floor um, and have no real area for them to escape. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to me, that would be something that they would have to improve upon. Either put the KCON studio in that back corner where there was absolutely nothing, where they have an easy escape route, um, or alter the KCON studio in some way. Yeah. Definitely. Just the fact that it was glass, I don't know, but that really bothered me just because there was so much that could go wrong. So I liked the idea. I thought it was a cool idea. Could have just as well been done on a stage or platform, something where nothing can break or at least less of a chance that something can break. Or like having, having a good escape route that wasn't fighting through people. Yeah. Because that just, it made me extremely anxious as just like someone who heard about it. Um, so that's kind of a lot of our concerns with the actual space itself. Um, Mm -hmm. there's other issues that we had that we're going to move on to later in the podcast itself. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the benefits training issues that we had. Yep. So if you listen to our previous podcasts, you know, we are professionals at benefits training. If you need help. We're your girls. Oh, hit us up at the convention, 100%. Oh, yeah. We'll help you. We enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, again, this year, new space. Didn't know exactly how we would go. So, before we talked about how you had to find this magical line to get your benefits packages on day zero. So, once you were in, you went through security. Then you went down to one of the level one areas where they were had, like, the rows of the tables. And then you went up where you diamond and platinum or anything else. Wait in line, get your packs. Okay, easy enough. Well, since this year was really the first year at the Javits Center, we don't think that they were quite prepared for how trading normally goes at KCON. No. So if you've been to KCON, you know, really, once you get your engagement pack, it is game on. People are walking back and forth. They're trying to see who you got. They want to find out if somebody has oh, people. Yeah, people are poaching the minute that you get out of that first area when you first come out of line for the benefits. Like people are instantly jumping on people as they come out of line because it's just it's that important for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the past, it would be perfectly fine because the area where Prudential had it, it was kind of like this own little space where the check in area was where they would allow this like group of people just to form right outside where people would get the benefits And then they would just sort of let it happen organically. And then organically, it would kind of stop after a while. This year, though, this year, security was like, oh, my God. So (sighs) I get it. 
basically what happened was one security kind of saw what people were doing. They were staying in this basement section and not leaving right after they got their stuff. They started pushing people out. They're like, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go outside, which I get. That's you fine. You can't have thousands of people inside. Okay. The problem is, though, nothing else in Javits Center was open. It was basically the basement area where people were at being asked to leave, back up to where security was, which was very small. Nothing else was open, so people basically were funneled back out into the heat. And right. then... Where people, people were entering to get their stuff. Yeah. It was people were leaving and entering through doors next to each other. So... Again, if you've ever been to KCON, you know people are swarming together to try to get these engagements. Well, everyone's swarming by the door because, one, it's like 80-something degrees outside. It's hot in direct sunlight. Two, they still think they want to see what people are getting. And as soon as somebody walks out, you're going to get asked who you have. So it just was hundreds of people kind of staying next to the Javits Center in this very central location, which caused a lot of safety concerns because it people were getting backed up trying to leave. People were getting very, very overheated because, again, it's 80-something degrees in New York in July. It just caused a lot more problems than it should have. Yeah. And I kind of wish they just let everybody stay in the basement. Is it, like, the best thing? No, but... No. There's more or they, space there. Or they should have provided more space in that yeah. area so that way they can have a better um, – because I know, like, health – like, fire codes and all that kind of stuff they have yeah. to be conscious conscious of. Um, with us having to go through security to get down to that area, they know they know no one have has any weapons or anything like that. So, you know, nothing bad in that particular way was going to happen. Um, it was probably just more that they didn't want people crowding around and, you know – being an issue which i will say there was one guy who we met downstairs who we called banana guy who had the banana on the back <laughs> banana um, back, guy back loop of his jeans and he was a photographer for kcon and he was down there with us i forgot about banana guy he was like a full photographer i found him at like an artist engagement later that's so funny yeah i forgot banana guy so anyway if, if <laughs> banana guy's listening Hi. Shout out to Banana Guy. I think I like yelled at you during an RC show. I was like, yo, what's up? It's me from check-in. But that's really our critiques of the benefits trading. Again, we're hoping that now that this is going to be the second year in Javits Center, they'll figure something out. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the critiques of the staff themselves, I sort of um, leave up to it's their first year that they've ever had to deal with this particular type of fandom. Um, or this particular kind of um, operation. So they have a lot to learn. We're very much used to Prudential staff, who is very much used to how we operate. Um, and K-pop like, fans, because like the Javits Center before this has never had to interact with K-pop fans. Um, so it's very different for them. So I have a lot of faith yeah. that the, things will get better in terms of like actual staff themselves. Yeah. So let's move on, I think, to let's talk about the panel hall. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, how the panel hall really didn't have a lot of signage. So it was kind of difficult to know where things were. The panel hall also wasn't set up great. 
So the way it was set up was, you know, those dividers that like in cafeterias. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what separated each of the panels from each other. So if you were in one panel, you would be hearing what the other panel next to you was doing. And if it was Um, loud, it would bleed over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, in the debate, we were loud. I felt really bad to whoever was in the panel next to us because we were having a good time, but we were loud. Um, And also, since it was kind of tucked away, like, the very last kind of area you could go to, not a lot of people went. And again, there's just, like, were no signs. So they really missed out on an opportunity to get more people to go. But unfortunately, that just really didn't happen. So hopefully the panels next year... um, have signs are a little more organized yeah. and just do better than they did this year. And I hope for those organizing the panels and people like our friends YSG who had their K-pop debate and whatever. Um, I hope that KCON provides more promotion for them because mm-hmm. I think the lack of promotion about who was on what panel really did stunt how many people could go. Um, because unless you were a- an actual fan of those people, you had no idea who was at what, unless their name was a mainstay. So that's my two cents about that. Now let's talk about the thing that's on everybody's mind. The food. Hold on, hold on. I want to bring it back oh. to the convention cen- center for one section. Back to the convention uh, for- center. So... The area where the actual convention was had like the shopping area and that's usually the marketplace and that's where they have the K-pop people, they have like the K-pop albums, they have the t-shirts, they have the uh, makeup and whatever. And um, there were three different people selling K-pop albums. Yeah. <laughs> There was Choreo, who is like the bookstore in Manhattan that we usually stop at just to look at albums while we're there. There was FYE, which is a national like album selling brand. Um, And then there was K-pop in USA. And I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to tell people because then they'll go next year and they'll ruin my little secret. But there was a there was there was a there was a person who was selling albums who was selling it for dramatically less than the other two people there, and I just don't understand how KCON let that happen. So double check the prices on everything if you want to get something. Just shop yes. around before you commit. Yeah, shop around, um, because they all sold basically the same things. So just sell just look around before you take the plunge. Yep. Now the food. Now the food. Because this is my main critique. Okay. Oh, it's the biggest one. So, in KCON's past, KCON would have a street blocked off and have seven or eight food trucks. Plus, like, eight food stalls. Yeah, plus food stalls. So, there was plenty of food when it was in Newark. And if you didn't like anything that was there, just walk a few blocks over. There was like three or four bars and restaurants within walking distance from the Prudential Center. You can go get something to eat. The barbecue place, chef's kiss. So Chipotle. good. Chipotle, amazing. Since you're now in the Javits Center, you're now confined to a space. And there honestly was only three places we think technically you could get something technically, to eat. Technically in the actual convention area, there were three. There could have been four. Yeah, but that's, okay. that's it. So 
you've got thousands of people coming into this convention and only have three places to eat. That's a problem. Yes. So the lines, you would be waiting an hour to get something to eat in the convention area. The cap, the cafeteria, Javits has a cafeteria. So not KCON, Javits has a cafeteria that you could also get food, but that was kind of away from everything. And there was no signage to say that it was open. Also Absolutely no signs. We didn't know. We saw people kind of sitting around this little cafe area, but we just thought they might be chilling, relaxing away from everybody. There was no signs, no signs or communications that the cafe was open. So, you know, people downstairs will be waiting in these huge lines. Maybe they could have gone upstairs for a little more variety. But even if that's the case, there's four places to eat, only four places, and three of them were food trucks. to me that does not make sense no um and the food options that were actually there um so one was red baron pizza which is essentially oven pizza um prerequisite we ate none of this food oh yeah we didn't we didn't eat any of the food absolutely absolutely no food we we didn't eat a single thing because we weren't waiting in lines for food um so there was uh, Red Baron Pizza, which is oven pizza. I have no um, knowledge about what the quality is, but I am from New Jersey, so I have high standards. Um, That's right. There was a um, what's the name? What's the name of the um, the dumpling? Uh, Bibigo. 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 Okay. Um, Bibigo, which was a um, dumpling brand that served like freezer dumplings and that was another option um and then there was like this like traditional market area that you could get like little samples at um and like these little stalls but they had like nothing fantastic nothing substantial substantial. that's the biggest thing (laughs) <laughs> like pizza okay dumplings okay but what i liked about the food trucks in newark where you could get some pretty decent meals i mean it was all food truck food obviously but at least there was things where you could eat and feel full these things they were they on were more of the small side yeah they were, they were and not the good not the good type of snacks they were just no. bad snacks so that's really the one thing kcon really needs to address this year is better food options um I don't even think, like, if you had any specific dietary restrictions, you probably were in trouble. Um, Again, I don't know if the cafeteria for the Jaffa Center had any other options, but if you had any allergies, dietary needs, good luck trying to get food. Yeah. So the one thing is you could get something delivered. Which I 100% did. Which Chris did. Because, like, sheer desperation, there was, like, nothing I was like, else. I'm hungry, and there's nothing here, and I'm getting some fried chicken delivered here, and I don't really care if I have to walk outside to get it. Yeah. So, I'm sure there's other places that are kind of close by, but really, the Javits Center is on a really big highway, so it is a little bit of a walking distance just to get back to, like, civilization. Yeah. Um, And it might be limited to what's around there, but you probably are going to be better off going somewhere off-site to get food. Right, and also, yeah, the other benefit, I will say, for the food situation at Prudential Center was if you were in line waiting for a artist engagement, right? Like, at one point last year, not 
not last year's in 2019, but last year's in 2018. Um, we were collectively in line for 101 for about a solid like three hours. Oh, longer than that. I planted my butt there three, like the moment we got in. Yeah. Three or four, three or four hours, hours we were in line for 101. So that way we can get in super early and be like one of the first people on the barricade. Um, yeah. Which we never do. So y'all know that we love 101 more than anything in the world. Um, yeah. And the good thing about how the food was, was that if you wanted to, and like you had friends in line, or if you made friends in line, and they you just wanted them to save your spot. You could get up, walk over to the food stalls, which were literally right in front of you. 20, 30 feet. Yeah. You have food. And wait in line to get food. And they had really good options. Like, they had some bomb lemonade. Remember the lemonade? They did. Oh, the my God. The lemonade was, really was good. so good. They um, had really good options. I don't even remember what I had They had in French fries that were really but... good. Um, they had, like, a poke bowl truck option was, they had really good they options had some again legit korean street food it was it was good the food option really good and you didn't good. have to go anywhere you were still within the convention space yeah. and you could just grab this food sit down in line and chomp away where if you wanted really good food and you wanted to go physically somewhere to buy it the nearest place was a five guys that was about i'd say a 10 minute walk away and you had to go 10-minute walk, order your food, wait for your food to be done, walk walk your ass back to where you were in line. And then by the time you're there, your food's cold, your fries are soggy, and you are maybe just barely in time for your artist engagement. Yep. So, moral of the story, there needs to be more food at KCON, but also download delivery apps and talk to security when you're going to order your food so that way they don't take away your food because i heard some stories about security taking away food that you that people brought in so just like go up to a local security guard if you find me find me ask me to go ask them because they were super nice to me and i'll just be like yo i'm getting food food delivered is it cool if i bring stuff in and usually they'll just say yeah can i have some and you go nah and then they go okay fine because that's literally what happened with me. So order um, order delivery if you can. If they don't have more food next year. Yeah. The food. Ugh. Moving on. Um, you want to talk about the prices next? Oh, God. The prices. Uh, yeah, I guess we have to. The prices to. are an every year thing, honestly. Nothing, we always critique KCON for their pricing strategy. Um, ever since 2018, because that was the first year that they did the split up, yeah. um, we have been strong, um, critiquers, mm-hmm. criticizers, criticizers yeah. of their, um, ticket and benefits policy, because we understand what the old benefits policy was and we knew like, so before 2018, the benefits were tied to your concert ticket and you got a certain number of benefits per your concert ticket. If it was a single or a, or a combo. And if you had a combo, you had double the benefits. So for P1, I believe in 2017, you had two guaranteed high touches 
four yep. audience passes and two two chances at red carpet or one guaranteed red carpet? I think one guaranteed red carpet, if I remember. Um, so overall, excellent benefits for the price that you had, right? Yes. Um, after 2017, they changed it to what it is now, um, where the concert ticket and the benefits are separate unless you buy diamond and platinum. Um, and this year, it was the first year where they took red carpet for all non-diamond and platinum people out of the running. Yeah. Um, which really sucks because the previous year they had a bunch of SM artists who didn't mm-hmm. do, do any high touches or any engagements or anything at all. And the way that you would see them would be to go to the red carpet. Yeah. That um, was the only time you could see them. Right. And that the was concert. the same for this year with the Pletus artists. You could only see newest in 17 if you went to red carpet. The red carpet. Because they didn't do any artist engagements. Um, yep. And that wasn't true for LA. LA still had red carpet for their A1 tickets. For their A1 benefits. Um, and I have always been a strong criticizer of KCON not treating LA and New York the same. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair. Um I know life isn't fair, but, like, I don't think it's fair, period. Um, And, yeah, I just, you know, if you're going to have that true for one group, have that true for the other group. Let us have our um, red carpet or take their red carpet away. Yeah. So the ticket prices basically stayed the same for the packages, but you got one major part taken away. Um, And last year we were a little upset about the price increase, but this year was definitely more severe. Um, So, you know, I get that it's in the Javits Center. They did raise the prices of just the convention pass if you just wanted to go to the convention, not the engagements at all. Um, But overall, once again, expect an upward trend of increased pricing. Then there's not much that we can do about that. So we wish that we could have a little more for the prices, but you know, unfortunately that's probably not going to be true. Yeah. Um, so besides that, uh, Megan, you want to take the next topic? The lineup. Okay. So here's the deal. Let's put a little disclaimer out. Every group works hard. Every group deserves to showcase what they can do. Yes. This year for KCON New York, Everybody was a little upset just at the amount of rookie groups that were in the lineup. Not saying that rookie groups don't deserve to be a KCON or are any less than other groups. It's just from other KCONs, usually there's a handful of rookies, a handful of, let's say, mid-tier groups, and then one or two big-name groups. This year, it basically were two headliners, the rest rookies. Yes. And again, it's hard to really explain why, at least for me, I'm kind of like meh about it. And I think it really just boils down to I'm not as much of a rookie fan. No. So um, I was really I was really sorry. hoping to see more, you know, a little better mix. But for a lot of these groups, they were only a few months old. 
and yeah. they were coming to KCON. So they really didn't have a lot of songs. Right. Um, and I think the other thing that we personally were worried about was we understand how the how the actual concert itself works. And we understand that each artist who is attending has a certain number of songs that they're expected to perform. Um, and for the very, very new groups like AB6, who literally came out like three days before KCON started, um, we were concerned that they just weren't going to have enough songs mm-hmm. for them to perform and that we were just going to be getting a ton of covers of other group songs that weren't their yeah. own songs. Um, and not that that isn't a valid experience. It's just not the experience that we are used to having. I yeah. think that's I think that's the big thing. We're very much used to having, like in 2018, we had Super Junior, we had Red Velvet, we had NCT, we had Pentagon, we had Stray Kids, we had EXID, we had 101. We had all these really big, 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 big names to us, people mm-hmm. that we knew, people who had large followings, people who had tons of songs out at the time that they could put on a really good show and that we knew everyone in the building was going to be hyped throughout the entire set list. Um, Where this time around, unless you're a big rookie group fan, um, the lineup may have missed the mark for a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with how many people were touring at the time. KCON, I think, just had to dealt with what they had um it was a and, it was a touring year like no other it was just like yeah. everyone came everyone had their big venue tours no one had to attend KCON because they had their own tours because essentially years prior KCON was where people would test out if they could have a full tour in the U.S. and if they could fill the seats in um Prudential Center then they knew that they could have a full tour in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And this time around, everybody went on tour. And even some of the groups who already went on tour, like I know ATs had toured earlier and went to KCON as well. TXT. It, yeah, TXT did their fan meet. Um, there's got to be other groups who I'm sure did stuff as well. Yeah. But really kind of what it boils down to is I wish there was a little more of a variety of different acts. So like older acts also the big thing was no soloists zero zero soloists there's always at least one or two solos we had haze last year last 2018 which was amazing we were Um, fully expecting chunk hot to come yeah fully and we got the shaft on that one yeah so sad well la got the shaft too because she didn't actually end up going which let's move on to that another issue. So besides the actual lineup, KCON just dropping the ball on visas. Yeah, because like, there was a lot of people. Um, I personally had conversations with a few people who were like, "No, this is like an immigration issue. This has to do with the president." Yada yada yada. And I was like, "That's fine. Everglow may have had an issue where maybe they just didn't submit the paperwork, and it's one artist. It's not a pattern at this point." Mm -hmm. Um, And then L.A. started to happen, and Everglow, again, couldn't make it for the L.A. KCON because of of immigration issues and um, visa issues. And then Chungha, who comes from the United States, she is from here, couldn't make it. And one us couldn't make it either. And it just, it, like... 
all the pieces started to line up in my head, and this could be a complete comp- conspiracy theory, so don't take everything I say as gospel, but there had to have been, like, a, 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 a key factor between all those things, and the only key factor I can think of was KCON. And someone at KCON, whoever that was, screwed up royally with these visas. Yep. So... It just is unfortunate that such a huge convention, a business, let three artists fall. And again, maybe it's not KCOM's fault. Maybe it truly is something with the government and visas and everything. You just don't know. And I think the worst part about it is, like KCOM does every year, you don't know about it until the day before. So even though weeks ahead of time, I definitely know this for Tonga, Apparently, one of the major fan bases in the USA knew weeks ahead of time she would not be at KCON. And KCON did not let everybody know until the day before. Right, that because just... they, because, and this is, this is, this is something that we know for a fact. Um, they don't want people returning their tickets or asking for refunds. Yep. Um, so they withhold the information until the literal last minute when people are already physically in the area um, to release the information and then they go, well, it's too late. You know, you're already here, Sorry. so why not attend anyway? Yeah. That also is something that's never going to change. Keep no. on dropping the ball last minute, but hopefully visas work out better this year. Right. Um, I So I think we're about fully done in terms of our criticisms. Um, the only thing I would say, finally, in terms of the concert... Um, is that um, this isn't a KCON thing. This is just my own personal opinions. Um, There was issues that I personally had with fans around me um, that in the past, you know, during concerts, you stand up, you rock out, you dance, you you do your light stick, whatever. Um, I had fans behind me, cause issues for me that required that resulted in me having um a panic attack and I had to be moved um during the concert which meant that I missed over half of the concert that I paid really good money to attend um and I ended up in a really bad seat in my opinion after after it all because people just weren't being nice to each other um, and that's just my own personal criticism. I think, you know, at concerts you should stand up and dance. And if people are standing up and dancing in front of you, you made your active decision to sit down. They made their active decision to stand up. If you want to see, stand up and look around them. Yeah, we had this problem in 2018, too, where the first night, everybody was jamming. Everybody was standing up, dancing. It was, it was a ball. We all mm-hmm. were having fun. The next day was as soon as the first artist came on stage the three of us were up we were dancing people asked us to sit down and to me it's like you're at a concert I get some people want to sit down but you're there to have fun to dance around and you know I've never been to a concert where people have been sitting the first concert I've ever been to EXO 2016 
everybody was standing up and dancing. Yes. Every concert I've been to then has been, you're standing up, you're dancing. It's really only been recently people apparently like it's a thing to sit down. And I don't know if this has to do with the fact that maybe, you know, if you don't want to get up and dance, that's fine. Some people, maybe they can't, maybe there's some mobility issues that they just can't fine, but don't rain on somebody else's parade if they're getting up and dancing if they're blocking you maybe see if you can switch seats with somebody else see if you know maybe they'll move like always be kind to ask but if they say no I really want to dance what what are you going to do yeah just um, know that when you go to a concert people will be dancing around you and that's it if you don't yeah. think you want to stand up and dance don't get a seat that's close to the stage get like an upper level seat where I tried to stand up and dance for twice when we went to the birth Central Center. I got like dizzy standing up there. I was like, I can't, I can't. So yeah, I I yeah. always say, you make your own active decisions. Yeah. Um, at concerts, you know, I personally make the active decision to never get a pit ticket. Um, to me, it's the worst thing in the entire world, and I never want to do it. Um, because just for me, it's not. It doesn't work. Um, so I always get a seat. And I, during my concert, make active decisions to sit down during the concert because I get tired. And during that time, if I don't see something that is happening or if I can't see around someone, I shut my mouth and I deal with the choice that I made mm-hmm. um, because I made the active decision. And I don't try and rein other people's experiences in just to make myself happy. Um because there is always the big Megatrons that you can see things on of what's happening. So it's not like you can't see anything, period. Um, so that's just my personal gripe. Yeah. I think I'm seeing that more with more with concerts. So maybe it it's is. a new trend. I don't know. I think, but... I think it's just like with the K-pop sphere getting different and more traditional fans coming into this sphere and not experiencing concerts the way that we did. Um, you know, not having it from the ground up. Um, I guess like at normal concerts, it's normal just to sit down the whole thing. I don't know. It's Even weird, when like, I went to see the Jonas Brothers back in the day, I stood up that whole damn concert. I know. My friend just went to see the Jonas Brothers recently and she was up and jamming. So I don't know. But again, you're at a concert. Just dance. Have fun. Even if it's a group you're not even sure of. Just like bop with them. But anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so I think that's all of the critiques and suggestions that we have. Yeah, um, I think overall, um, like we said last uh, podcast, overall we had a pretty good experience during KCON. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my particular issue was more that I was at a concert by myself and I didn't have the confidence to, you know, keep doing what I was doing and I just resulted to going into a panic attack so that's just something I'm going to do in the future I'm not going to go to concerts by myself anymore um which sucks but that's just something I have to do for myself and overall I think a lot of our critiques are things that KCON can definitely address yeah I'm hoping a lot of these are addressed with the new KCON coming up I hope that they were able to see you know what worked what didn't um main thing for me is they got to work on the food yeah the food and the signage is the big ones for us yeah so hopefully they do work on that organization 
Yes. Those three things Those three and then they'll things. be perfect. Yeah. I hopefully the Java Center staff is the same, so at least they have an idea of what to expect. Um, so we're just you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully things work out well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know we didn't talk about this previously in our previous episodes, but KCON very recently um, announced that the dates for KCON New York is going to be um, January... June. No, not, Jan- not January. <laughs> June. Sorry, I do that all the time. June 12th through the 14th. Which um, that means that there is going to be probably three days of convention this year, which is a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably still going to be two days of concerts, so it's probably going to be organized much more like how LA has been doing it the past few years. So expect up prices in convention feeds. If you're just going to the convention, it's probably going to go up. Expect ticket prices to go up and probably expect more artists to come. So those are probably the big changes. Yeah. So again, it'll be fun just to see where we go from here. But again, I think a good choice to move to Javits Center and Madison Square Garden. Yes. You know, only you can only go up from here. So yeah, um, it's all about just getting more experience for the people that we're going to be dealing with. And then the overall experience will be better and better. So we're very much looking forward to seeing how this KCON season goes. Um, yeah. You are definitely going to be hearing from us with our tips and tricks that we learned from this year. Um, we probably h- dropped some hints in this podcast and the previous podcast, but we'll be having some more organized um, tips and tricks. So if you have any questions or if you have anything specifically that you want to be get addressed in future KCON, Green Kong, KCON podcasts, that is a tongue twister of a co- of a um of a title why do we name it that um <laughs> kconquering kcon uh podcast please send us messages at our twitter it is at all kill podcast yep and we will see you all next time so this has been megan and chris we will be seeing you guys very soon yeah so bye bye